happy Sunday morning, Salt Lake City, Provo, Orem, and Colville. You're listening to AM 1280 and 97.5 FM The Zone. This is SLC Culture, a Sunday morning rambling and musing about the social issues, cultural happenings, and what's-nots of the greater Salt Lake Metroplex. I'm your host, Christian Anderson, formerly of the Utah Museum of Contemporary Art, now just a guy who likes arts and culture. Uh, with me today is my co-host, the inimitable Christy Marcy. Hey, Christy, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? Good. You know, I'm actually liking, so uh, Stephen Labram has uh, stepped off of being a co-host and is now just going to be an occasional guest. And so, based on seniority, Christy has moved into the co-pilot's chair. I kind of like this. I, I was always it. in the co-pilot's chair. Yeah. Let's be honest about how this played out. Seniority doesn't mean most qualified. That's true. But now, now you're sort of in the in the more towards the front of the class. I don't know. You're you've taken the more opulent chair, which is congratulations. It's great. It, I'm it, happy to be the woman behind the man. But now you're in front of me. Oh, I don't know. Uh, beside. Yeah, I'm the right. woman beside the man. Well, congratulations anyways on your <laughs> lateral you. I have to maneuver. admit this is the first I've heard of this. I yeah. have to assume Mr. Labrum is focusing on tariffs and soybeans these He days. is. You know, uh-huh. with give, yeah, exactly. Given the economic situation, he had to dedicate all of his time to soybeans. And so he said he, he would not be able to consistently commit and uh, so wishes us well and hopes to pop in uh, from time to time to be a guest. And I said, you're always welcome, no. Mr. Labrum. No, don't let the door hit you on the way no, out, no, Stephen. No, no, no. Stephen has been our, our co-friend for a long time. You know, and Talon, unfortunately, is producing the big show. So really, it's just you so he's and moving me. on up the corporate ladder, too. I know. So it's like the Left Behind books. Half of the people, <laughs> ha- without the helicopter crashes and uh, and plane wrecks. The rapture happened. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> and yet here we, yeah, here <laughs> you and I are, predictably. Oh, man. Who could have guessed? Uh, yeah, inimitable Chrissy Marcy, uh, culture maven, uh, gla- fancy glasses aficionado. That's true. I have developed a bit of a spectacle uh, addiction. I've got more coming on Friday. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. So you can never have, how many pairs of spectacles? Do you have more spectacles than I have shoes? Certainly not. Nobody has more spectacles than you do shoes. I have more shoes than you do shoes, but... You know, speaking of spectacles, and you're going to love this segue. Wait. Okay. Uh, go ahead. I'll, I'll come back to it. thought of a Whittier comeback. Okay, then. go for it. Um, are we counting all four eyes? Because if so, maybe. Zing. <laughs> Thank you. Um... Okay, so speaking of spectacles, um, what is our nation's singular largest annual spectacle, not including Black Friday? I was going to say I, Black Friday. I know you were, but not <laughs> including Black Friday. Super Bowl Sunday? But, yeah, I think this is bigger than Super Bowl Sunday. Is it? The 4th of July? It is, for <gasps> argument's sake, the 4th of July. Uh, so, 4th of July is this upcoming Thursday. And so, when I say 4th of July, what do you think of? Hot dogs, baseball, fireworks. Fireworks, hot dogs, baseball? Sticking it to the Brits, that sort of thing. Throwing off the shackles of, of oppression from the tyranny of the king and, uh-huh. and establishing uh, taxation with representation? For some. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, I think that, you know, the 4th of July is a holiday that I remember when I was a kid. And, you know, some of the things like you said, fireworks, hot dogs, the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, which is a terrifying thing to watch. It's my right, the way they make the buns all soggy. and Yeah. Is it, is it a sport or is it a, is it a game or is it a <laughs> spectacle? It is disgusting. Um, But I think that we're moving into a time where we think a little bit more about the environment. There there was just an article, what, 50 years ago, the Cuyahoga River caught fire. (gasps) I was hoping that you saw that because this is going to be Cleveland's road to redemption. I'm sure of it. People will stop making fun of Cleveland now because of this story about how the The Cuyahoga River is a model river for other cities. As in it's tiny and and then you put it like with tiny trains, a model river? No, I know. The Environmental Protection Agency came out of this. We've cleaned up our act. And we're thinking about the long-term sustainable toll that all of our celebrations uh, have on a, in our daily lives. And so, I mean, that was a long segue to say that Peter Nelson <laughs> from the Office of Sustainability from Salt Lake City is here to talk about not just the 4th of July and how you can still have fun and do it in a sustainable way. But you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the summer. You know, 4th of July, I mean, even though the summer solstice is technically the start of summer, we all know that pagans. I don't want a bunch of pagans texting me and saying it's not 
the fourth of July. I would like to apologize to all of our pagan listeners. <laughs> Both of them. Um, but yeah, Hi, Mom. Yeah, Fourth of July. It's sort of the start to the to the intense summer season, and we can sort of think about how to have a sustainable summer, too. So, Peter, that was a long way to say hello and welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, Christian. Um, so, let's talk a little bit. I mean, um, let's talk a little bit about the Office of Sustainability and, and what you do and why does a city need one. And, and f- so, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do first. Let's set, let's set the, the picnic table, as it were, for the conversation. <laughs> yeah, so I've been part of the uh, Department of Sustainability for about seven years, uh, even before it was department. And uh, I primarily interface with businesses. And so whatever we do from a policy or programmatic perspective, I engage uh, our business community in how they can help us achieve our sustainability goals. But also I get feedback from them and helps us uh, direct how we want to uh, formalize programs within our department. So, I mean, I feel like sustainability is, uh, that's a broad word. Like if I went to, uh, you know, sometimes I've known to have a a drink at Duffy's or a coffee at Blue Cow. Okay, I got to get out of the Central Ninth District. I go other places. I go other places, listeners. I go to Sugar House and I go to the garage on back. I go other places into the avenues. Anyways, if I, if I talk to one of your average citizens, I'm like, hey, what's the Office of Sustainability? And they're like, what is sustainability? Like, what does, Let's unpack that word a bit, because I feel like it might be a bit jargony for our average radio listener. So what is sustainability? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tied in with uh, environmentalism, but we also consider uh, social and economic impacts as well. So it's a lot more holistic than just, say, conser- you know, conservation environmentalism. And so and I think it really uh, has a direct uh Implication about our day to day lives and our and our daily practices when it comes to transportation, uh, how we use energy, how we recycle our waste and uh, divert our waste uh, to recycling facilities, uh, even transportation and our food systems. So it's really environmentalism that can be applied uh, to our daily lives. So when I, I moved here from Seattle five years ago, and one of the things uh, before I became a Salt Laker is it Salt Laker? Is that what we call? I mean, I've been living in Salt Lake for five years. Am I a Salt Laker? A Salt Lakeian? Salt Lacution? I think you're a Salt Laker. Salt Laker? I think so. Um, you know, and, and a lot of the master plans for the city talk about you know building a, a livable city and, and sort of these tangential community benefits of green space or transportation. Is So does the Office of Sustainability think about sort of the livability of cities? Is that part of what it is that you do too? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's kind of what drew, uh, interested me in sustainability for a long time. It's, it's, I think of it as how do you make every part of your city more efficient and just operate better better and cleaner and just as a whole, uh, as efficiently as possible. And you're right, it is very broad and it's very dynamic. And I think that's part of the appeal of it is uh, sometimes it can be a bit like uh, putting a large uh, puzzle together and Mm -hmm. everything has a feedback loop. And so you have to take into consideration a lot of different factors when you're applying one given initiative uh, as compared to another. So, but it's, it is very dynamic. So, okay. So Peter, First thing, sir, as soon as we, as Christy and I were talking about this concept of talking about a sustainable 4th of July, we're like, is Peter going to be the Grinch that comes and takes away all of my fun, now, fun 4th of July thing? Why would you uh, think that? I hate fireworks. I hate them more than the Grinch hates the Who's. So when you say all the we noise, said, noise, noise, yeah, noise, noise, noise. And so when you said we said, is Peter going to be the Grinch? It was you, sir. Okay, so all right, I will own I will own the Grinch the Grinch mantle, but I mean I do want to say say that like I mean so let's think about the Fourth of July. Let's think about some things that I mean fireworks are a big deal here because of I mean not just in the summer but in the winter we have a huge air quality issue. Everybody knows it, regardless of where you fall. We can look at the air and we can like stop seeing twenty feet above our heads. You know a good amount of days out of the year we've got some issues that we've got to tackle. So how do we how do we celebrate in a way that's a little bit more sustainable but still fun? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, air quality, I think when you do talk about sustainability, that's probably the one issue that comes to mind uh, most often for residents here. Is, is it because it's just most vis- it's just Yeah, absolutely. Daily- I mean, I think it's the same reason that recycling also comes to mind is it's just something you can see. Um, and so um, I think that's something that people are very aware of. But oftentimes uh, it's wintertime when we have our inversions uh, that people are thinking about this. But, you know, in summer, we also deal with ozone uh, in the hot summer months. And that's just as big an issue. So, absolutely. Uh, air quality should be thought of year-round, not just for winter. Year-round, Christy Marcy. Your gas-guzzling car, just polluting, oh, yeah. rolling oh, coal. yeah. What did I get? 42 miles to the gallon. Yeah, uh, it's hard to call your Fiat a car. It's more it's like a, a giant motorcycle. It's a it's a four-seater motorcycle with a roof sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
It's very practical. Uh, so, all right. So, Peter, back to the Fourth of July tips. Like, let's let's start with Fourth of July and and let's hit on some of the high points about well, the ways that people can celebrate a more sustainable Fourth of July. Are uh, people? I want to go back to fireworks because I have a fireworks specific question, though. Okay. Are people going to? Last year we had a lot of burn brand, bans because we had had such a dry year, but this year we've had so much moisture. Do you, there's not as there's not burn bans, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that really comes into play mostly uh, in the winter time uh, when yeah. I have those those burn bans. But um, I think getting back, uh, Christian, to your question about what uh, how fireworks kind of play a role in uh, our air quality. You know, it's something that everyone wants to do something about. But I think the Fourth of July is definitely an instance when you can absolutely have a very direct and positive impact. Uh, and it comes with uh, fireworks, but also barbecues as well. Hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, with 4th of July, you can almost smell that sulfur, and it's very reminiscent of the holiday. Mm-hmm. But if you're smelling that, that means uh, you're smelling uh, particulates uh, in the air that are not great for your health. So, um, yeah, and when you talk about fireworks smoke, um, it's largely composed of uh, two types of particulate matter. Uh, coarse particulates, which are PM2.5, and then huh. PM10, uh, which I think... See, I told you it was the PM2.5 and the PM10. Yep. She's like, it's yeah. the PM3 or the PM7, and I've yeah, got I know. into it's, a thing. It's uh, hotly debated, but uh, no. And so... I think probably one of the biggest things is uh, just skipping the home fireworks show and, you know, put that budget towards something else on your holiday because there are a number of uh, really great fireworks shows that uh, happen throughout the city. And so just take your party down to one of those and uh, let it be handled by the professionals. They always put on a great show. It's an interesting question. So how many, like, if I think about um, the, the closest one to me, are they doing the, well, the Sugar House one caught the hill on fire. Are they still doing the country club one? I don't know. The only one I know about this year is Gateway, but I know there's more than that. Yeah, there's there's a lot. Uh, so there's the one at Gateway, and uh, that's at uh, 4 p.m. on the 4th of July, and I think the fireworks go off at uh, 10. Okay. That's when they, but they're going to have food, and they're going to have uh, local breweries and so forth. Um, but then there's also uh, the Jordan Park. Uh, that's at 10 p.m., and that's mm-hmm. at uh, 1000 South and 9th West. And then, of course, you can always count on the bees, Smith Ballpark. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. definitely fireworks season for them, and they'll be having a show on the 4th as well. So if I take one of those shows, I'm wondering how how much of that particulate matter? Well, let's just call it, let's just call it bad stuff. <laughs> how much bad stuff versus, like, to your point about all the home fireworks shows, like if you took all of the particulate matter from the official sanctioned cool ones and then combine that to all of the output of all the homeowners that are just blowing stuff uh, off for, for fun, I wonder what that would be like in terms of quantity. You probably don't have that data. but I'm just Well, you know, those those big shows are going to go off no matter what. And so if you can skip having uh, your home fireworks shows, it'll just prevent, you know, that those particulates from just lingering in your neighborhood and having that smell last for, you know, even sometimes days after 4th of July. Mm-hmm. So it is true it's such a reminiscent smell though yeah um, but you know Christy it reminds me of uh, thanks to you and your suggestion of low airfare when I went to Italy a couple of years ago because uh, you were you were watching you were watching the airfares yeah uh, you know you go to some of those piazzas in uh, in Italy and Spain and there's all the people that are shooting those little LED helicopters up over and over and over again like gajillions of those things are those sustainable like can you shoot the reusable LED helicopter things no particulate matter I mean, I think if particulate matter is the impact area that you're concerned with, then that's absolutely a good solution. But you know, I can't I can't speak to exotic places like that. I, I have yet to <laughs> I've yet to experience that. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about though? They're, 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 they're the rubber bands you shoot them up in the air and they go up and, and then they sort of like spin down. Oh yeah, well yeah. I can kind of picture it. Yeah, yeah, and they've got like basically got glow sticks attached to them. But this is I, so here's an interesting thing uh, for uh, Christy. Do you have a question? Uh-huh. I'm sorry, I just feel no, like I'm rambling. Uh-uh. Okay, no, I think you're doing great. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Um, um, it's your point, I guess. How do I phrase this? Your point against how, like, if the air quality is your thing, then this is a way that you fight it. But you know, every time, everything we do has an impact, right? right. And so, um, if we don't do the particulate thing, but we do something that draws electricity, that electricity is coming from somewhere. If we do something, if we have a water balloon fight, we're taking water, you know, right. in, in a exactly. desert. Like, and, and so how, I mean, how do you not throw your hands up and just say like, 
what, what do I, if I'm not doing this thing here, I'm doing this thing here. Like, how do you, when people come in and say that the, the, it's too interconnected and too complex, like, what do I do? Like, what, how do you answer that question? Well, I mean, I think it's, it's kind of regional and it depends mm-hmm. on what kind of environmental impacts you're talking about, but mm-hmm. I'd say pick your issue. And I'd say for someone in Salt Lake City, most definitely air quality is undeniably uh, something that everybody wants to improve. Mm-hmm. And so maybe just prioritize that first. And, um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I said before, that's what's so dynamic about sustainability is you can really nerd out on a lot of different, chase a lot of different rabbit holes. Mm. So absolutely. Mm. And so now, but you're, but you're also trying to take away my grilling or you just want me to use gas? No, well, it, I would say use gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, before I got into sustainability, I definitely always enjoyed the were you a barbe- Were you a barbecue master? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Smoker. You were I, just... I have been called a grill master before, but, um, but yeah, um, you know, natural gas grills are just much more efficient with the fuel they use. Um, I mean, when you talk about what's coming out of the ground and the actual energy that's being burned in the grill, 90% of it is actually being used. Whereas with briquettes, uh, by the time that that product gets uh, into your grill, the heat that's coming off only represents a quarter of the energy that really was part of that. Charlie, did you know that? Did you know that 90% of natural gas is efficient, but charcoal briquettes are only 25%? Did you know this? All right. Our listeners don't even know who you're talking to right now. You know, it's our phantom. It's Charlie. It's the White Rabbit, right? Yeah. Uh, We have a a guest in the uh, studio today, and I want him to feel included. But I actually did not notice that. Know that. And that is one of those good party facts that you can just pull out. People love that at parties. I'm sure Peter can attest to that himself, that people love when you... When you spit random facts about how they're harming the environment at them at parties. Is that true? Uh, I, you know, I usually by the time I show up to a party, I'm ready to just uh, have a good time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if, if I were going to single use plastic cups. <laughs> just kidding. We can get into that a little bit later. While we are discussing uh, the phantom guest in the room, I do have a sustainability uh, question. And that is, um, one time I got a very polite note on my recycling bin Mm -hmm. um, because somehow... And I don't, your guess is as good as mine how this happened. Corn dog sticks ended up in my recycling. Um, I have to assume it was definitely not my 15 year old son who would have done such a thing. Um, so tell me about does sustainability pay people to go around and look and is it just me? Is it just my recycling bin? Yeah, no, we have a number of people. Uh, so. That would be from our waste and recycling, which is our operational division. And we actually have uh, six people that are part of our education and enforcement that will randomly uh, check uh, trash cans and garbage cans to see uh, if your recycling container uh, has been contaminated. And they'll leave you that note just to let you know that there were contaminants uh, found there. And that's uh, really kind of an important feedback loop, too. Uh, We were actually just having a meeting about that today. And the thing about recycling is you can just put it in a recycling bin and you never know if it's going to the right place or not. I mean, you, you kind of hope yeah, you, you know. Yeah, you, but, you trust, but you don't really know. Right. But uh, so when we can actually give feedback uh, to residents and let them know if we've recognized a, a problem, it really helps uh, fix our contamination and recycling, which is an issue that uh, we're we're working on right now. Am I on a list now? Some nope, sort of recycling no. watch list? Nope, but, okay. but, but you've been educated. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was definitely me. You got me there, Peter. It was Good. definitely well, I'm, me. I'm glad it was the, polite. That's, it was that's the, the corn dog stick. That's the key word there. Was that at this house or was that at your previous house? At this house. Oh, yeah. Then yeah. you, you got to move. Yeah. It is. Uh-huh. The, you got the scarlet letter. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's an interesting thing. I mean, contaminated. So what is contaminated? Like, what is contaminated recycling? I mean, I lived in, I'm trying to remember if it was Minneapolis or Seattle. There was a place where I had to sort my recyclables, right? Mm-hmm. I had to put paper in the paper, plastic, yep. plastic, blah, 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 blah. Here, it's all just sort of. You just single, all, single stream. Single stream. You all just throw it in. And so, I mean, from a... Cons- you have to separate glass here still. Yes, you do yeah. have to do that. Uh, from a consumer standpoint, I can sort of see why a person might be like, oh, if I'm lumping all of this in anyways, I feel like there's a little bit more incentive to be careless or a little less incentive to be cautious, maybe is probably a better way to think about it. So what happens when, when the when the recycling stream gets contaminated? Why is it a big deal? Well, it's a big deal for a number of reasons. And uh, when we talk about contaminants, there are kind of two types. There's something where the material that would normally be recycled has been actually contaminated by something like, let's say, a pizza box that has a lot of grease on it. You know, a cardboard that would be recyclable, but because of that grease that's on there, that's contaminated. But then there's also 
materials that just outright aren't recyclable that uh, are just through misunderstanding or uh, miseducation. Corn dog sticks. Yep. Yeah. Classic. Classic example. Not really, but <laughs> happens to it happened to all of us at some point. Um, but what? So what happens? Like so, the nefarious corn dog stick gets uh-huh. in the in the system. What I mean, what does that? do well so what it is is uh recycling at murphs that's an acronym that means uh materials uh, recovery facility okay. um that's where it gets taken to markets both uh here and uh abroad and so normally there's sort of a, a threshold of a certain amount of contamination before it's it 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 basically kind of isn't usable there's you know there's a threshold for that and what's happening right now is uh that threshold is getting smaller and smaller and really that's that's in in the long run that's a great thing because that means our recycling processes are going to get a lot more efficient Mm -hmm. because a lot of times if something is considered a contaminant meaning it's being bailed with recycling but ultimately can't be used that doesn't mean it's 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 being uh, taken care of properly elsewhere. It, it often means it's becoming pollution someplace else. Uh, Microplastics that wash up on an island. Yeah. yeah. This is why, though, like those super annoying and also so helpful volunteers are at Red Butte concerts, making sure that you're throwing your stuff away in the right bin. No, that's great. I mean, yeah. I, I wish they had those at more events. Well, because Yeah, because otherwise it doesn't always well, get where it's supposed to go. Right. And what's kind of interesting about that is if you're somebody who uh, wants to recycle, a lot of times you kind of have this feeling that, okay, throwing stuff away in the landfill, that's bad. And recycling, that's good. So you always want to be seen recycling. But really what we should be talking about is proper waste disposal. It's recycling things properly is good and throwing away stuff that needs to be thrown away is is bad. I mean, I don't know if you've ever... It's good as well. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I guess I have two specific recycling questions. I mean, one, based on this this new information to me, because I have blithely been going through my 41 years of life without even thinking about the contaminant recycle feedback willy-nilly willy-nilly if if you had to choose it's better to err on throwing something away than contaminating a recycling stream or is that not a fair statement yeah, I think what we're really, especially right now, working on is clarifying for people what uh, is considered contamination. And so there are a lot of things that previously people could put in recycling. And again, because of that lack of feedback, they just really never heard back about whether or not that should have gone in mm-hmm. to the recycling bin or not. And we're really trying to educate people on that. So, for example, plastic bags, you're asking what happens uh, when a contaminant goes into uh, a recycling facility. Uh, plastic bags are hard because they get caught in the machinery uh, mm-hmm. very quickly and it's expensive of machinery and when they have to turn those off to clear that out uh that that creates uh just a, it, it disrupts the process and it makes it uh more expensive too so i mean that's that's a perfect example of uh one item that we're really trying to educate people that it should not be in the recycling okay second big one so i'm i'm making i'm making a spaghetti sauce at home and i open the can of tomatoes yep. i dump it out do I, again, just willy-nilly throw the can into the recycling thing, or do I have to rinse all of my recyclables? I think it's always good practice to, to, to rinse them. It doesn't have to be thorough. We're not talking about pulling out your toothbrush and scrubbing the inside of the peanut butter jar until there's nothing there. Um, but you don't want to have something where you could put your finger in and come out with a, a decent amount of, uh, of peanut butter on there. So, I mean, make a reasonable effort. But it's, Who it's, would throw away peanut butter? That's crazy talk. Yeah, I mean, not me. I mean, I got my tongue stuck in the jar before. Just kidding, the jars. That would be a really tiny jar of a really tiny jar of peanut butter. Just stop. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so any the, so those are two. I mean, I do think that though that that rinsing recyclables question is always up for debate. Like, how much do you have to do? You're saying, yeah, just give it a quick rinse for any of the big stuff, but don't you know? Yeah, within reason. I mean, yeah. All right. The more you know. Uh, Chrissy, do you have any other recycling specific questions? Or Charlie, as as our as a member of what is your generation? You're not a millennial. Anymore. What comes after millennials? Generation Z. Is that what we call you? Generation Z. He doesn't have a mic. He can't talk. This well, is yeah, actually kind of nice. I figured out a way to shut up the teenager. No, but I mean, th- all of this recycling stuff. I mean, we've this whole narrative of we've been ruining the earth for this generation of people. I mean, as a person who's this generation of people that we've been ruining the earth for, do you have a particular so, question as how to how to be a better steward? So Charlie was actually at an event, some hoity-toity event with his dad once, and I guess some elderly ladies asked him what he thought about climate change, and he was like, well, you've already, you've already done all the damage, and they were like, 
good point and they applauded him so he is an astute observer of climate change i can tell i can tell by how you keep answering the question for him Nothing? He doesn't no, want to talk. No. Right. He, he doesn't want to it, be radio it's, it's famous. All, it's ah. all a lost cause. I'm sorry, Charlie. Could have said hi to Grandma, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, let's see. Recycling, 4th of July. Uh, oh, uh, let's go back to 4th of July for a second. Sure. So, we, we've already said, you know, hey, take your family. Uh, ideally, carpool with the neighbors. Mm-hmm. Not a single... Don't ride drive, tracks. You can take ch- tracks right tracks. to the gateway, right to the ball field. Good call. Good call. Just, yeah, your whole family doesn't have to take individual vehicles. You're going to somehow take either public transportation or you're going to ride share to a community-based fireworks event. Yep. So, we've said that. Um, we are going to... Um, how do we get... I don't even remember how we got on recycling. How did we get on recycling? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, so let's talk about the picnic part. Um, you know, when I was a kid, my dad hated doing dishes. So he's always like, you know, we're going to get paper plates. And then he would go and get like the flimsy paper plates where you'd have to take like five of them. Like the ones where you have to buy like a ream of 500 and mm-hmm. like you put one pa- potato chip on it and the plate bends. Yep. So then you're using five of those things. He never sprung for the Chinette, which was the nice ones. And, you know, never sprung for the Chinette. Mm-hmm. Nothing stacks up to Chinette. Anyway, and then you all have the red solo cups and then you throw it all yep. in a thing. So I have a feeling that there's probably a better way. Yeah, I mean, I think investing in reusables is is great. I mean, it, you can go to the DI or even to the dollar store and just throw down 20 bucks and uh, get a set of plates and something you can keep in your garage for any number of occasions because you're going to have a lot throughout the summer and uh, it's just it's it's nicer to eat off of reusables and uh, it's just minimizing waste you know it's reduce reuse recycle and and there you go that's the first r is reduce so invest in in reusables okay let's i mean let's say i mean let's say that you have some people that are really enthusiastic about sustainability out there and they're going to have a separate cooler or a separate bag to take their dirty dishes home in which i think i think that's going to be a tough sell for some people well I, I just do. I don't know. I mean, it's human nature, and I think it's. I think it's an admirable goal. But what about something like uh, bamboo? Like bamboo forks and plates. Like, are, is it just because I'm in the arts and I go to fancy places where people are like, well, look, it's a bamboo plate. I feel better about myself. Is there anything to this whole bamboo thing? Paper straws, bamboo things. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's. It's you know, it's. You can you can essentially send those to the landfill where they will break down, and so that's that's the benefit there. Whereas you know if plastic goes to the landfill, it's not going to break down, and so a lot of those plastics that paper or uh, plastic plates are made out of uh, those aren't recyclable. Really? Yeah. Yep. Hmm. hmm. I have reusable plates and um, knives and forks and wine glasses that are plastic. Mm. They're melamine that I use for outdoor concert season. And I really feel like drinking boxed wine out of a plastic wine glass classes up the whole affair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Yeah. And, and the boxed wine, also sustainable. And Look I at do all know the people things I'm doing. Who do bring their reusables to a party with them. But I'm saying, I, I say just have, as, as the host, be ready and, and have the, those mm-hmm. reusables available just even if it's for your outdoor barbecues. doesn't have to be your fancy stuff. Just keep it around and be ready to break it out for your guests. The gauntlet is thrown down, listeners. It is Sunday morning and you have until Thursday for the 4th of July. So you have there's no excuse to not go out and think about these tips. A little color for our listeners at home. Christian is pointing at me like Uncle Sam. Very patriotic. He wants me to get reusable plates, even though I just told you I already have them. Peter, do you have reusable? You have reusable plates. One of the first things I did when I joined the department was I took my twenty bucks down to the dollar store and I bought our our office plates and we've been using them going on six years and we like them. They've stood up and yeah. So I absolutely practice what I preach. Um. So one of the, so I grew up in the a land of ten thousand lakes, uh, Lake Michigan actually and Superior historic highs, and then I moved to Seattle where we got a lot of water, um, and so I moved here to this high altitude desert, and it's t- it's taken like five years, and I feel like I'm sort of finally acclimating uh, to this thing. But we talked a little bit about the air side of things, but let's talk a little bit about water. Like you know, I mean, we've been we've been in a drought for most of the yeah. time that I've been here, and this winter we finally, thank goodness, uh, I I check the Great Salt Lake water level 
religiously almost every day because I love going to the spiral jetty at various times. But that's my barometer. Um, but we're still in a place where, um, unlike some of those other places that I've lived, where you know the, the concept of water and usability of water has to be an issue. So, you know, walk me through a little bit about how we can be sustainable in our water use from a and, from a citizen also, standpoint. And also, it sounds like I'm going to have a lot more dishes to wash. So, how do you reconcile that? Ooh, there you go. Zing. I mean, this is this, this is the, exactly the what leads in it's, the web. It's the web, and mm-hmm. that's where a lot of people sometimes invent their own facts or they hear alternative about alternative facts. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it's it gets into it. Yeah. So you know, uh, all of our uh, conservation when it comes to water, those programs uh, are overseen uh, by our uh, public utilities and if you go to uh, slcgov.com slash utilities slash conservation that's where they have all hold, of the hold on. Let's do, let's do that a little bit slower okay let's go to sorry what is that again it was slcgov.com okay Slash utilities. Slash utilities. Slash conservation. Slash goes okay. Yeah, and that's where our conservation program manager, Stephanie Dewar, she, uh, there are a number of different uh, recommendations that you can follow there for water conservation, and they really are the experts. We, they, at public utilities, we let them really direct a lot of our water conservation efforts, so that'd be a great resource for, for listeners to, to go to. Um, are they going to try to, are they going to try to take away my green lawn with my sprinklers? Actually, that's not, I don't even really have a lawn. Like, that's a lot of work. I'm too lazy for a real lawn. But, uh, you know, are they going to take away my, are they going to take away my lawn? Are they going to take away my fountain and my water feet? What if I want a pool? You know, I don't think that's, uh, uh, something that we have right now is the, you know, the department of taking away your, your lawn. I, um, <laughs> I'll be. I'll let you know as soon as that that, that, the that comes up. The lawn death panels yeah. have not yet been convened. Uh, we'll we'll see. I'm sure it's probably one of the candidates' platforms. <laughs> Who knows? Um, you know. Um, so explain to me what a watershed is and why I can't walk with my dog. Why can't I walk with my dog up in the canyons? Like I want to take my dog for a walk up in Big Cottonwood. Why can't I do that? You know, it's because uh, you don't want to get contamination in the watershed that comes from uh, animals like dogs. And so, but okay, so I hear you, but there are all sorts of wild animals in said watershed. There are deer and presumably elk. I saw a moose. I literally saw a moose once. I saw a moose. <laughs> wow. It was like the first, wow. it was the first wild moose I had seen. Well, that's not true. It's the first wild moose I had seen since I moved here. And it was very exciting. But I mean, I assume that those m- mooses, meese, Mice? Mooses. Moose. Oh, yeah, moose. You're right. I assume those moose, like, poop in the watershed. Right. Yeah, that's a fair assumption. So, so, so justify yourself, sir. No, actually, I know it's not your thing, but it is, it has always been a curiosity. There was a woman who interviewed for a job once at a place I was formerly employed who had to reveal during the interview process that she had a misdemeanor um, because she had taken her dog up the canyon and I think she was new to town and she didn't understand the rules and she also never took the dog outside of the car and she still got got charged and had a court date and the whole thing over shredding the shed mm. so over what that's what they all say don't shred the shed the water shed oh. don't shred the shed that's what it says up at Snowbird hmm mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Um, that was a little bit of a tangent, but I did always want, I mean, I don't own a dog, but the whole reason that this came up is because last time I took a hike, there were still so many dogs up there and I'm like, there's these signs and no one seems to be listening to them. They're shredding the shed. Christy Marcy. They're shredding the shed. Charlie, are you old enough to have a job now? Yeah. Can you go? I mean, kind of, I feel like that could be a, a job for a young person is checking that people aren't shredding the shed. Snitches get stitches, Charlie. Don't do that job. In that tracksuit? <laughs> it looks like I'm a junior mafioso. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? Well, we were talking about uh, Fourth of July barbecues. Oh, yeah. Fourth and, of July barbecues. Yeah. Um, what other so what other sustainable things am I not thinking about? I mean, well, what are you going to put on your barbecue? Uh, that's a good question. Well, we were talking about Nathan's hot dogs earlier. Um, and so I'm probably some hot dogs, but you know, every once in a while living in the Pacific Northwest, I've thrown some sort of fish perhaps on there. I do like a grilled fish. I'm not so much of a steak. I'll do a burger. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also like to grill various artichokes. 
asparagus. I like a grilled asparagus very much. You know, I've never, no, Charlie said that. I'm not a big corn guy. You know, it gets stuck in your teeth. I just don't like the texture. But that's just me. I know a lot of Americans like corn. I mean, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think, uh, especially what you were talking about with the asparagus, the artichokes. I mean, one thing about summer that's great is there's just such an abundance of fresh produce and it's local. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely think that that deserves a place on your grill, uh, maybe more so than, than you might think. And so. Um, I mean, there are a number of really great opportunities first to kind of stock your barbecue with some local food. And that's kind of important because in Utah, our food, uh, food choices, you know, they contribute up to 25% of your household carbon footprint. So if you were looking to make an impact, uh, one thing to consider is where's your food coming from? What is it? And uh, what kind of embedded energy is involved? So, well, and, and how do how do I find out about this? Because I mean, I we I mean, we're finally sort of getting uh, better nutrition labels where I can see the percentage of my daily calcium. But I don't the the embedded carbon footprint part of the label doesn't seem to be on there. So, what are some good options that would be more sustainable? Yeah. Well, uh, first thing is. Uh, Buying local, um, going to any of the farmers markets that we have locally here, mm-hmm. and we have those listed at slcgreen.com slash local food. That is a shorter one than the yeah, other one. Than that the you other gave one. You. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you know, we obviously have the downtown farmers market, mm-hmm. which is great. But there's also the Liberty Park farmers market. Uh, I don't know if you know about the Ninth West uh, farmers market, which is on Sundays from. 10 to 2 p.m. So right after this show, actually, if you want to, if you want to go at 10 o'clock, so the uh, so the West Side one is on where is where? Oh, that's that's uh, the Ninth West Farmers Market, and that's at 1060 South, 900 West. Mm-hmm. I am also it's outside of Salt Lake proper, but I'm a big fan of the Wheeler Farm Market, which is on Sundays. And what I like about it is that it starts a little later, so it's not like everything's picked over by the time you got there. Mm-hmm. And it goes a little later, and also there's baby pigs there. What? At the Wheeler Farm. Oh, because it's at, at an actual farm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and so, and then you can see what your what your bacon looked like before. Listen, I grew up on a farm. It's, I think I think it's important. A rumor has it you were a pig wrestling champion. That's that is one hundred percent accurate. Mm. Were they tiny pigs or were they full size pigs? They were medium sized pigs. They were adolescent pigs. Yeah. Okay. That was on the Fourth of July, actually. As circular. Of course it was. Circular. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're buying local food, um, all the transportation uh, and embedded energy that comes from that is really reduced quite a bit. Plus, I think you end up really enjoying the quality of uh, locally raised food as mm. well. And then, you know, there's nothing more local than uh, food grown in your backyard. So... It's true. I have I have a a tiny garden with two tomato. Uh, I have two of everything: two tomato plants, two pepper plants, two whatever. I don't know. It's Were like you inspired no- Noah's by Ark. our last guest who did the, the does the urban farming? I was not. Oh, what was the something? Uh, not Salt horticulture. Lake permaculture, permaculture society. Yeah. The Salt Lake Permaculture Society guy. Mm-hmm. He was really into. He was really into sustainability and per- mm-hmm. permaculture. Um, you'd like him. He was very kind. <laughs> he was. He, he's right up your alley. Um, so going to the farmers markets um what about if i'm you know heaven forbid i have to shop at a a smith's or a harman's can i make better choices in a grocery store environment yeah absolutely and i think a number of grocery stores here will uh, mark produce as being local and you know that's really beneficial for keeping money into uh, our own economy as well and so a lot of those will have a uh, local uh, label that distinguishes that they are uh, from within utah as well um, but then also, uh, if you're interested in gardening on your own, you know, I live downtown mm-hmm. and I live in an apartment, have for seven years, but I have a garden. Mm-hmm. And I do that because I'm part of uh, our Green City Growers Program, which is a partnership with Wasatch Community Gardens, where land that's owned or managed by the city is uh, essentially uh, appropriated to be uh, become a community garden, uh, working in partnership with Wasatch Community Gardens. And so I've had my garden for five years and it's fantastic. Uh, I was over there just last night and it's great. It's just got this, uh, really great contrast of being both urban, but this kind of Island of, uh, 
of of it's very it's very peaceful there and so i i like spending a lot of time and growing my own food what's what's your go to are, are you the prize winning tomato guy are you the zucchini yeah, guy what, as what a matter of fact that's exactly right i am the prize winning tomato guy you're the tomato guy yep. okay what made your tomatoes so good were they were they bigger than the others or just tastier or what, like how is a tomato judge um i committed my entire plot to tomatoes so oh. that, there you go so 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 you're right. going so the the law of averages says that if you grow a hundred tomato plants you're gonna have yes a champion purely one. on purely on quantity yeah. is, is how this is being hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. What okay. what do you do with all of those? And that's a lot of tomatoes. Like I can't even keep up my two little tomato plants with the cherry tomatoes. I'm like drowning in like little tiny tomatoes by the end of the. Well, summer. this gets back to your pasta sauce question, which is what do you do and open a, a jar of pasta sauce that you bought? You can make your own. That's absolutely how I uh, end up using quite a few of my tomatoes because then I get to enjoy them uh, throughout the winter when it's in the freezer, and you can make. Uh, tomato sauce and uh all sorts of different things uh if you grow peppers i love making pepper jelly that's a mm. uh, favorite and in, in fall is making pepper jelly with a good cheese so our birthdays are a day apart in october so are we going to like for our birthdays are we going to be like are you the guy that gives out like some of the fresh stuff that you've made where it's like here's the happy birthday here's some of my tomato sauce you just made the list yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> and you know what? I will even do you one up because I had my buddy Rob who cans peaches or jars peach. I don't know how you say can when it's jar. Can. Yeah, the, the why do you can in a jar? Canning. I know, but it's in a jar. It should be jarring. Jarring? That means something different. Ugh. Yeah, but um, I have those jars rinsed out with the lids, ready to mm-hmm. be reused. There you go. I will bring those to you. <laughs> no, you're supposed to. You're supposed to make your own pasta sauce yeah. uh, with D- those jars. Don't you got a pressure cooker? D- no, pressure cookers have always terrified me. And this is even having gone to culinary school, and I've used them, but they. I'm, oh, did you go to culinary school? Yeah, I didn't go to culinary school. Did you not know? Uh, yeah, but I've, I don't know why they they terrify me. But my grandma had one, and it shook, and I'd like run past it, terrified when I was a kid. And now I I have two now. Do you like roller coasters? Yes. Jumping out of airplanes? No. Okay. So you sort of like that theory. I like safety with a seatbelt. That's the kind of like risk taker I am. Safety with a seatbelt. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So food cycle. All right. So let's recap. Uh, oh, yeah. If you're listening to AM 1280, 97.5 FM, The Zone, this is SLC Culture. And we are talking about having a sustainable summer and specifically 4th of July. So what we have talked about throughout the course of the show is that we like designated professionally done safe firework shows you know people should go and that's a community gathering that's great um that you know have your barbecue and when you do ideally uh use a gas grill you know instead of charcoal um try to find some local and sustainable produce um does that that counts for meat we didn't really count the meat side so much but that yeah well so do you want to have that conversation do i ever okay how do you feel about meat alternatives uh, you ever tried any? Yeah, yeah. My my first wife was a vegetarian and mm-hmm. didn't like it to the point where she didn't even want meat in the house. So I actually got a little bit more adept at cooking with that. Mm-hmm. Some of the burgery, I haven't tried the new crazy burger things that everyone's crazy about, but I will. But what I really like were the meatless crumbles. Like I could make a really decent like uh, biscuits and gravy. Like I could put those things in sauces, and I actually yeah. thought that was pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. I use those uh, all the time, and it's mm-hmm. it's just a really great way to reduce your day to day greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, quite a bit. Yeah, and there's certain things like fried rice. I actually prefer tofu fried rice than I do over meat fried rice. So there's just a handful of things. I do, I mean, I'm, I will probably always have some form of meat, but yeah. uh, all right, hit me with your meat stuff. Yeah, well, you know, the thing about meat is it's just kind of a high impact um, uh, food, which is um, a lot of uh, the livestock um, that they contribute anywhere uh, from about 35% of uh, the methane that's in the atmosphere uh, from livestock. And uh, methane is just a really serious greenhouse gas. Uh, It's 30 times uh, more efficient at trapping uh, heat in our atmosphere than CO2. And so that's where you get quite a bit of impact there. And then also, it's oftentimes centralized, meaning uh, by the time a meat product gets to to where uh, it's in the grocery store, it's traveled quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So you have that embedded energy that comes from um, transportation. And then uh, just in terms of uh, the resources needed, the raw resources like water and grain to raise livestock, uh, it's not a very efficient way of getting energy into then our own nutrition. And so, uh, for example, on our Dining with Discretion uh, on SLC Green's webpage, uh, just by uh, eating one cheeseburger, uh, 
698 gallons of water went into that. And so uh, when you compare that to a meat alternative, uh, a meat alternative pales in comparison, meaning it's it's far less resources uh, to, to produce that same amount of food. How are the new burgers that I've been reading about? You know what's really interesting? My daughter is a vegan, and she does not like the new burgers because she has, since she has been a vegan for so long, she does not like the, the unami. It's too, it's like too the meaty? fatty. Like, interesting. She doesn't like that. Hmm. And she's been a vegan for 10 years, so she's just like, her tastes have just completely changed in that mm. time. So, too much like meat then? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. But you've tried them. Oh, yeah. Mm. You bet. You like them? I do. Mm. Have you actually tried one? I have had the Beyond Taco from Del Taco, but I have not had the Impossible Burger yet. Mm. Charlie, have you had any of these things? No? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, but Charlie's practically a vegan when he's at his dad's house because they just... Rather than cooking something special for his sister, they just go meatless all the time. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I'm I am down to try it. I just have not yet been to who is it Burger? Who are the places that are like buying up all the burgers? Oh, Carl's Jr. has one. Yeah, um, even yeah. Crown Burger or something. Yeah, yeah. no, because some of, of our locals Greek, they, yeah. they 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 a number of them actually uh, mm-hmm. use that. And you can even just buy it at the grocery store and throw it on the grill. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you're daring enough, you can throw that on your Fourth of July grill. On your gas grill. With my important, then I'll put a slice of imported fancy cheese that's flown from thousands of miles <laughs> over the ocean, uh, which has no, what energy? What's it? Put to not, oh, embedded. Embedded yeah. energy, yeah. not potential energy. Okay. Okay. So let's see. So we are going to a designated fireworks show where we're going to hang out with our community. Uh, we're, when we have our barbecue at home, or even if we go out somewhere, we're going to try to get some reusable stuff, wash those at home. Uh, we're going to get some locally uh, sourced produce, and we can get either at the farmer's market which you can go to at 10 o'clock today on 900 West and 1000 South. Uh, and ideally, you're going to try some uh, meatless alternatives. But if not, I, if not, and you still want meat, I assume trying to find some of the local smaller farms is yeah, still a better Absolutely. I mean, there are a number of different considerations. There's animal welfare. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, especially if you go to uh, somebody that's local and uh, there's a lot of uh, transparency to that, you can make definitely some good choices. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know, this is a question for Christy because it's mm-hmm. not quite so sustainable. But let's uh-huh. say you've got your family in from out of town and you want to go to a couple concerts this uh-huh. week uh, because you like getting out to the community and you don't want to do fireworks, but maybe you want to go listen to some music. Are there some musical highlights on this week's musical recommended do's and don'ts? There's some There's some stuff going on. There's... Mm-hmm. Um there's some stuff. I don't. I don't know if I would call them dues necessarily for the most part, but we can we can talk about it just the same. Oh, this is the music segment uh-huh. of the show. Yeah. So tonight at Deer Valley, uh, being Sunday night, Utah loves Michael Franti. Um, is that the name of the band, or are you saying Utah or Michael Franti is a person Franti that Utah loves? Michael Franti is a person that is in a band that Utah loves. Uh, so okay. Michael Franti and Spearhead is the name of the band. I have seen him probably six times. I still don't get it, but um, lots of people love him, and that is an option they could have. People like to bring their kids to Michael Franti concerts, and um, he doesn't wear shoes, which is interesting. Hmm. It's kind of a dirty hippie eye, but he's into sustainability a little bit too. Yeah, well, even with all those. Do you know how you know, much energy goes footprint. into making a Nike? A lot. Yeah. And don't, don't, Peter, don't take my Nikes away from me. Okay. <laughs> I, I know they're uh-huh. bad. Uh huh. I know they're bad. Um. Uh, so so Monday. July 1st, Carly Rae Jepsen. Remember her? Oh, Call Me Maybe. Baby. Call Me Maybe. Call Me Maybe. That's right. That girl. Hey, I just so met you. So a bunch of people are going to pay, I don't know, 30 bucks a ticket for one song at the depot. So mm. if you're into that, that's an option. Tuesday the 2nd, Santana and Ooh. the Doobie Brothers. However... I think that the Doobie Brothers should do their bookings with an asterisk because there's no Michael McDonald anymore. And is that even the Doobies at all? Mm. I, th- I think not. I don't think so. Um, also, let's see, July 5th, uh, there's something called Roots and Boots at the DeJoria Center, which is in Camas. Camas? Camas? How do you say that place? Camas. 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 Uh, so Camas. if you like 90s country, and you know I do, uh, Colin Ray, Sammy Kershaw, and Aaron Tippin are all going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the big news and the one thing that is a do in this whole week is Sunday is the first day of my favorite summer concert series, which is uh, Blues, Brews, and Barbecue at Snow Basin. 
So you should go to that and just make a whole day of it. The music starts at noon. Who's playing? Uh, it's Super Bubble this time. It's always smaller bands, but like they have a whole day of like local music and then one headliner. And Ogden Canyon is lovely and it's free. And the, y- you cannot bring your own booze, though. And I also mm. have some sad news for our listeners that was brought to my attention by our former co-host, Stephen Labram. Uh, Brian Wilson has canceled his tour this summer due to ongoing mental health concerns. Yeah, but are the Beach Boys coming? I will punch you. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so that's what I got. And then next week, very exciting, the Avett Brothers. That's going to oh, be the yeah. highlight of the summer for me and Charlie. And I assume they're at Red Butte? They are not. They oh. are. They have moved on to the USANA Amphitheater. Hmm. I know. Hmm. All right. Well, you know, I mean, the 4th of July is also a time when people often go and see a movie and we've got some big releases. I know Spider-Man Far From Home is coming out this week, but immediately following this show, uh, 10 minutes from now, Austin and Adrian will be doing the movie zone and talking about upcoming cinematic releases. Um, And so, Peter, we always ask in the spirit of getting to pick your theme song, uh, is there a movie? I mean, we're going to cast a wide net about sustainability. Is there a movie? or a cinematic thing, a television show that you feel uh, sustainability is either part of the plot or or something. Your life in cinematic fashion. You know, I think that when it comes to outside the office that we take a nice break and we just get on board with everything else like everyone else. So uh, we were cinematic. Um, gosh, it, it's... I'm going to go, and this is a double. I'm going to give you a second. I'm going to go with Field of Dreams because it involves both a cornfield oh. and local agriculture and baseball. You know what? I, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Fourth of July. Fourth of July. In and your sustainable. face. In your face. And in you can face. just go pick the corn that's very, right from your field. very American of you to be so like, uh. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Little House on the Prairie because I think that like, a lot of the sustainability uh, issues seem to be um, using things that you're doing yourself. And I think that the Industrial Revolution got us away from that. I mean, I grew up on a farm, right? We Our cows were very, did you, did very you grow local. Up on a farm? Uh-huh. I didn't know that. And our pigs were very, very local. And we didn't know at the time that that was, you know, the model, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, that farm doesn't exist anymore, just like many others. But here you go. Hi, right, Peter. Yeah, so have you seen The Biggest Little Farm? I I have not. It's at the Broadway. It's fantastic. and it's, it's on, Is it on right now? Uh, you know, it was a couple weeks it ago. It is. I was just looking was at the movies there? to watch later tonight, actually, and I saw it. So. Oh. See, there you go. Yeah, well, if you want to get on board with this whole sustainability thing, this is a movie that will make you want to do that. We probably could have jumped in with Supersize Me, too. Um, uh, yeah. So here's a sustainability question. Oh, oh. Let's get into it. So when my daughter was born, what I was told was that unless I was going to clean cloth diapers myself, the, the chemicals emitted from a diaper service would be equal to the damage done by disposable diapers. But is there is there an official sustainability stance on diapering children? What is the most responsible thing to do? You know, not with SLC Green. We haven't uh, f- firmed up uh, a, a lot formal of babies policy there. In this yeah, town. that's you true. Might look but into you know, that. as long as you're talking about babies, uh, oh. I have uh, a couple of friends who have each had babies recently, and so one thing um, uh, that I'd be curious to know if you're aware of is uh, how pesticides interact with babies. It's actually it's it's not good, and it's uh, pesticides. Um, those are things that you put out like on your yard, chemicals uh, that you put, use in your yard. Um, babies are particularly susceptible to that in the first 1,000 days uh, when their brains are developing, and also your pets too. And so uh, we have a pesticide-free SLC uh, campaign. So do you know what that is? Well, I mean, I know what pesticides are, and I, I assume I know what pesticide-free means, but... Yeah, well, so it, you should absolutely uh, go to uh, slcgreen.com and look into pesticide-free. That's a pledge that residents can take to not use pesticides on their yards, because that's something I think a lot of people don't consider is the implications that has, especially for babies. Um, a big part of this came from our... Um, 
Healthy Babies Bright Future grant that we got uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, if you take the pledge, you get a pesticide-free uh, yard sign. And that's a really great way to raise awareness in your neighborhood uh, when your neighbors are passing by and they can say, well, you know, they're not using pesticides. Maybe I shouldn't either. I am pesticide-free. Are you? I Are am. You? Do you yeah. have the sign have too? The sign? I do not, but do I. Do you feel smug? You already feel smug enough. You don't need the sign. We don't need to compound that with more smug. You're doing great. Thank you. <laughs> uh, okay, it's time. That I'm going to do a quick recap, and then we're going to do our last segment of the show, which is always one of our favorites here. So uh, we're talking about sustainability on the 4th of July. Some of this dovetails into other summer activities. But you know, how can you, you know, reduce your carbon footprint, still have fun, think about how you can be a little bit more responsible to the environment that we are handing on to people such as Charlie. Uh, so like we said earlier, um, skip the local fireworks mm-hmm. that keeps a lot of particulate matter in your neighborhood, you never know um, what that does to you. And if you have elderly neighbors, or you never know what your neighbor's uh, systems might be, you're putting people at risk. So go to one of our many festivals and firework displays that are done by professionals around town. Christy said, ideally, take mass transit, carpool, whatever it happens to be. Uh, when you are grilling, uh, gas grill is the way to go. Um 90% efficient versus 25% efficient, which is a swing of 75% of efficiency. No, that's not right. 65% of efficiency. There's the math. 65% efficient. Still, way more efficient. Uh, you're looking at me like I'm crazy, Christy. I just, I'm in awe of your math skills. Oh, thank you. Um, hey, we love grilling stuff. Like, get your produce uh, Get your produce from a farmer's market. There's one today on our west side on 900 West and 1000 South. Uh, go get some stuff that's locally grown. Cut back on the meat. Uh, there's plenty of meat alternatives. If you do have meat and you've you know, cut back down on it, try to find something, again, that's local because you're uh, getting rid of the transportation carbon footprint. Um, and I'm missing... Oh, yeah. Transportation. Trans- bicycle. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the best thing about summer is it's warm. There's extra daylight hours. It's almost hard to not want to just get out and, and do something active. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, don't uh, even if you're going to have 15 people over, you know, it, uh, it takes a village like wash those plates. Have everyone wash their plates like just, you know, get it done. Use some reusable stuff. Don't just throw stuff away. Is that a good is that a good sort of summary of where? Yeah, we hit? absolutely. Uh, okay, so last but not least, um, Peter, how long have you been living in this town? Let's see, I actually grew up in Salt Lake City, okay. uh, but in my latest round, I've been here uh, about 11 years. Okay. Uh, we have a thing in this show where we feel like people advertise Utah to the outside to fly to Salt Lake City and then to get in their cars and either drive to a ski area or a national park. Mm-hmm. Whereas we say that spending a day taking advantage of the cultural offerings of Salt Lake is really cool, too. Like, yeah. we're a cool cultural town. We're not just a gateway to the outdoors, although that is fine. So I always ask every uh, guest, like if you had an out-of-town cousin that was flying in from Florida or Vermont, wherever your cousins fly in from, and you're going to say like, hey, like spend some time in Salt Lake and hear a couple of highlights to hit. Maybe you're, maybe a favorite restaurant, maybe a favorite nightcap, a couple of things that just says like Salt Lake City is a cool place to do cultural things. What would you tell them to do? Well, I don't tell them. I usually take them. Yeah, and well. first thing I do is when they get here, I buy them a green bike pass mm-hmm. uh, for either the day or the four days mm-hmm. that they're going to be there. Um, so I'm right downtown. Mm-hmm. So we usually uh, stay pretty centrally located. And I always take them to Main Street mm-hmm. uh, between uh, Broadway and 400 South because, I mean, that entire strip is just completely full of brand new restaurants and bars that I love. Yeah, it's kind of turned into a mini entertainment district. It really, really. is. Yeah. You know, you, and you've got something for, uh, you know, you've got everything from Whiskey Street and Whitehorse to Cheers to You to yeah. yep, was, the whole gamut. I was downtown this weekend and a couple of those bars had lines to get in and like velvet ropes. It was crazy. Yeah. I was like, oh, we're that town now. Okay. Um, favorite restaurant for a special occasion? Ooh, you know, I go to HSL quite a bit. H- oh, I do like, yeah, the general shows, the general shows cauliflower. Yeah, but that's, yeah. there's about five others right behind them that yeah. I absolutely take all my guests to. Um, last but not least, are you a coffee drinker? Yes. Fa- favorite coffee shop? Ooh, you're putting me on the spot here. Yeah. I work with businesses and I work uh, with a lot of similar businesses. That's and true. I don't want to, I don't want to lose membership under- in my UC business program. I understand. I understand. Yeah. The, uh, I, feel, I feel like Mikowski did that to us too. Yeah. He did. 
he did. He's like, I'm economic development. I'm I cannot. Speaking on behalf <laughs> of the city. city. I, I can't, can't do, do that. that. Yeah. Well, you know, every time we have city employees on, they're always so exceptionally good at following the rules. Um, <laughs> Peter, thank you for spending the hour uh, in helping us talk about sustainability. It is, I mean, to something that we said, it's, I think most people get roll out of bed and want to do the right thing and they get overwhelmed and it's like, yeah. wh- what are the small bites that I can take? And we covered a lot of ground and, you know, no one's going to be, uh, no one's going to be perfect on this 4th of July, but if they can take even one of those things that we talked about and and uh, roll that in this year and maybe next year do two or three, it's moving us in the right direction. Yeah, it's all about, absolutely. It's all about steps. Yeah. Uh, and thank you. Uh, thank you again. Yeah. So, thanks for having me. Christy, thank you very much. I don't have yeah. to thank Talon. Thanks, be- hey, thanks for the promotion. Oh, you're welcome. Well, you've you've earned it. You've earned your stripes. Uh, no talent today because he's producing the big show. Charlie, thanks for sitting there quietly. One time I wanted you to get on the radio and you let me down. Kids. Anyways, you've been listening to AM 1280 and 97.5 FM The Zone. This has been SLC Culture. Stay tuned for the Movie Zone with Austin and Adrian to talk you through the 4th of July holiday and Spider-Man, which is the only movie that I think most of us listening to this are going to really be that excited about this week. Charlie's so. already got his tickets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As, are you going to go see the re, the re-release of The Avengers with the seven extra minutes? Yeah, I can see the, that too. The one where Iron Man lives. That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> what? Spoiler alert! <laughs> All right. Good night. Not good night. Good afternoon. Good morning. Goodbye. Have a safe, above all else, have a safe 4th of July. Don't drive drunk. Take an Uber. Be sustainable. Don't blow your hands off. We'll talk to you next week.